Welcome to Fine Rambles, number 131. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I was raised Orthodox Jewish until I was about nine years old. We weren't just Orthodox. Oh, no. We actually went to a Hasidic synagogue until I was in about fourth grade. And when I say synagogue, (laughs) I really mean the rabbi's basement. (laughs) You know low ceilings, kind of gloomy, and there was a curtain down the middle of the room, and the men would pray on the right side and the women on the left side. I remember the men being really serious, like super serious, very intent. And the women were a lot more relaxed. There was a lot more gossiping, and the kids would be running around, and there would be like, be quiet, and guys, settle down. And of course, you know, we would ignore that and just keep running around. And aside from that, I don't remember very much. I remember that you basically had to stand forever. The prayers were in a foreign fucking language. (laughs) Like, you basically had no idea what was being said. And at home, my father put on tefillin every morning. And tefillin are these little black boxes that Orthodox Jews strap to their head and to their arm, to their bicep almost, you know, on the upper part of the arm with leather straps. (laughs) And inside these little black boxes are key verses from the Torah. When they say that the Jews are people of the book, they really, really mean it. I mean, we strap the book to our heads every morning. We put, we put key passages from the Torah above our door. At synagogue, I remember that like one of the worst things you could do, so bad it was almost unmentionable, would be to drop the Torah as it was being carried around the synagogue. That was like the end of the world. <laughs> and, and when the holy books got too old, you wouldn't throw them away. You had to treat them like a dead body. You had to take them out and bury them. We kept kosher very strictly at home. We had two sets of plates, one for milk and one for meat. Before Passover, you know, there's this thing where you go around and you plant crumbs, chametz, and then In the evening, right before Passover began, we would walk around with a plate and we would symbolically brush all the crumbs onto this plate and throw it away. Now, there was this weird tension because we would go to this very ultra-Orthodox synagogue. We were very Orthodox in the home. But my mom, (laughs) she's a shiksa. She's, (laughs) She's a blonde German Lutheran. You know, and God only knows what she thought about all this. But the synagogue... They wouldn't bar mitzvah me, even though, ah, I forget the term, I think it's called a mikvah. Basically, it's like this this ceremony where you get dunked in a sacred pool or like hot tub, basically, and it's part of the conversion ceremony for non-Jews because these Jews didn't consider me to be Jewish because my mom wasn't Jewish. And so my dad got all upset about this and we went conservative. <laughs> we, did, we took that step down the ladder. 
essentially, of religiosity. So we joined this very nice conservative temple. I started to go to Hebrew school. (laughs) And Hebrew school was from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. every Tuesday and every Thursday. Plus, we would go to synagogue on Saturday mornings. And this lasted through my bar mitzvah. So that's, what, four years at 50 weeks a year, let's say, and that's maybe five hours a week. So this conservative synagogue ate a thousand hours of my life. (laughs) It's almost hard to imagine, a thousand hours. And let me try to explain what this synagogue was like. And I think it was a pretty standard conservative synagogue. And if you guys have different experiences, I would really love to hear them. But at this synagogue, we got no instruction in Hebrew as a language. Not at all. Zero. We learned to read Hebrew phonetically without learning a single word of what it meant. Well, that's not fair. Okay, so there were a couple words we learned just because they were in like every single prayer. So... Let's see, right? So that's blessed are you, God, Lord of the universe. So you start to know that like Baruch is blessed and Adonai is God. And the other sort of foundational prayers, the Shema, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. And that means hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And so that prayer is basically our equivalent to... I guess in Islam, it would be the equivalent to there is no God but God and Muhammad is his prophet. And in Christianity, it would be pretty close to John 3.16. Sorry, that was a bit of a tangent. So there was no actual learning of language. And here's the crazy thing. There was no actual religious teaching as such. There was no, hmm, there was no analysis of Torah. There was no analysis of Talmud. There was no reading of, of, of rabbinic texts and, and, and interpretations of the Torah. We didn't even read the Torah specifically like in English and think about it ever, ever. The whole point of this entire journey seemed to be only the ceremony of the bar mitzvah, where the boy becomes the man, bump, bump, bump. And part of the ceremony was that you had to read that week's section of the Torah to the congregation. And that's called the Haftorah portion. And you have to read it in Hebrew, (laughs) a language that you don't speak and are never taught. So that means you basically end up memorizing, I don't know, three or four pages of the Torah in a foreign language without knowing what you are reading. (laughs) Literally, for all you know, it's a bunch of dirty jokes. And you're 13 years old and a couple hundred adults are watching you, just waiting for you to mess up. What was the point of all of this if all it was for was to be able to read something in a language I didn't even know? And afterward, you know, the rabbi came up and the cantor came up and said, hey, Matt, you know, you did a good job, I guess. You should come back every few months and do this again. (laughs) And I just nodded and smiled and I never went back ever. Now, is this an indicative experience of how conservative Jews experience synagogue when they're young? I don't know. I don't know. Now, I do know that my dad, he had it even worse, (laughs) way worse. 
When he was in third grade, his parents sent him to a Hebrew day school, a school that was conducted in Hebrew, and he didn't speak Hebrew. (laughs) Imagine that, right? So maybe I should shut the fuck up. So at this point, I'm 13. I'm taking a break, let's say, from Judaism. I think my dad is no longer putting on tefillin anymore. And then I'm 18 and I go to college. And, you know, you go to college. I wanted the normal things. I wanted friends. I wanted community, girls, the usual. So I said, heck, I'll join Hillel. I'll go to Hillel. And so I go to Hillel and the guy leading the prayers at Hillel has a guitar. (laughs) Welcome to Reform Judaism, Matt. And, and not only does he have a guitar, all we do are just sing these like dorky songs in English. There's, there's no Torah even. There's, there's nothing. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I'm done. I'm like, that's it. That's it. You know, I'm out. I'm out. And again, I never went back to Hillel. It's really weird as an adult to step back and to realize that modern schooling teaches kids to hate learning. School teaches kids to hate learning. It teaches them to hate reading. School kicks the curiosity out of children. <laughs> it, just, it just kicks it out of them with steel-toed boots. And, you know, for me at least, synagogue, first at the orthodox level, and then at the conservative level, and then finally at the reform level, bump, 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 synagogue kicked Whatever religious impulses I had right out of me, right out, looking back, and again, you know, this is distorted by time, but all I remember, all I remember is tedium and boredom and frustration and restlessness, no instruction, no teaching, no wisdom, no mentorship, none of that. And so I said, this, this is religion. This is religion. You can keep it. And so I sort of became a modern secular Jew, Jew Jew-ish, as I guess they would say. And, you know, I still kept kosher and I still fasted on Yom Kippur. But, you know, that was about it, frankly. And it really took Jordan Peterson to get me to give religion a second look at all. It took Peterson for me to see religion as, as not how I had experienced it, but as this highly evolved, highly adapted set of, of robust traditions and stories. Now, last year, I went back and I finally read the Torah. I actually read the Torah <laughs> for the first time ever. I read the, the Old Testament. I also read the New Testament. I read the Quran. And let me tell you, there is just a ton of good stuff there. All of those books are just full of good, good ideas, good stories, good ideas, real wisdom, none of which I was ever taught or ever shown or ever even exposed to. That's curious, isn't it? That's a very curious disconnect. Anyways, I'm also curious 
if people are willing to share, I would love to hear about your experiences with religion growing up. Was my experience the outlier or was this the norm for other people? I will catch you later.